Welcome to the Reading for Success podcast, brought to you by the Success League. This podcast focuses on books, articles, and other resources for customer success, provides an overview of each, and gives you an honest assessment of whether or not it's worth your time. Hi, my name is Kristen Hare, and I'm the host of Reading for Success. I'm also the CEO of the Success League a boutique customer success training and consulting firm based in San Francisco. There is so much content out there on various customer success topics. So this podcast is intended to cut through the clutter and provide you with outside ideas on leadership and business to support your career in customer success. Today's article is called What's Really Holding Women Back by Robin Eli and Irene Padovic. This article first ran in the March-April 2020 issue of Harvard Business Review, and you can find it on their website, hbr.org. The authors of this article explore the culture of a prominent consulting firm and find that instead of work-life balance issues holding women back from leadership roles, it is actually a culture of overwork combined with accommodations designed to help women that hold women back and have a negative impact on men as well. Social defense systems, those are the cultural systems that say men are better at work and women are better at parenting, end up holding both men and women back in different ways, but directly derail the careers of women in leadership roles. The authors argue that only by addressing the culture of overwork can companies truly achieve workplace equality. So how is this related to customer success? I have to say overwork is rampant in customer success. And I think that many of the issues raised by this article apply equally to a customer success team. And then also, while our own research found that at the frontline level, men and women equally fill customer success roles, we know that at a leadership level, there are far more men than women in our field. Instead of continuing to blame this on women desiring a work-life balance, perhaps there is a different way to address this issue. So that's why I think you should read it for customer success. Some of the key takeaways from this article for me were, um, first of all, this article really pushed my buttons and it, it did it in a good way. I am both a mom and I'm also a highly driven career woman. I waited 12 years into my marriage to have our daughter and my husband took an unusual at the time, this was 15 years ago, um, role as the primary caregiver so that I could pursue my master's degree and my executive career. And I 100% know from personal experience that women can be as work-focused as men and that men can be as family-focused as women. I've always struggled with the narrative that men are all driven to work and that women are all driven to care for families. I think it's BS. And it's hurting both men and women. This article has a great explanation of what is really going on behind the scenes to drive that. Um, second, the big takeaway for me was the need to reduce overwork. And I hadn't even really thought of this as a driver behind this issue. Um, this example in the article is of a consulting firm, but I see this all the time in tech companies as well. And we can't always chalk this up to sales teams. Often we in customer success overdo it. We overextend ourselves, overtrain, overdeliver, and we do this in the name of making customers happy. But if it doesn't actually result in customer value, it isn't achieving our aims and it is eating our time unnecessarily. 
we need to truly look at where we are providing real value from the customer's perspective and where we are just providing busy work that does nothing but drive overwork and that is holding both men and women back, albeit in different ways. Do I think this article is worth your time? I think everyone should read this article. For women, this will give you a view into why you're being held back and why you may be feeling so much pressure from both the work and family sides of your life. But for men, this will give you a solid view into the deep systemic challenges the women in your life face and will challenge you to think differently about your own work-life balance. I thought this article had a fascinating take on this very real issue. So I'm going to go on to our book. Today I'm continuing my review of the Customer Success Professionals Handbook. Um, this was produced by uh, Gainsight. We're going to hit chapters five through eight this week. And if you're reading along, the next episode we're going to cover chapters nine through 12. Here's my take on chapters five through eight. As an overview, chapter five is about building relationships. This is about being self-aware, communicating effectively, following up, responding honestly when you don't know the answers, staying positive, being compassionate, and connecting on a personal level. Chapter six is about doing your homework before customer calls, yay, and taking a consultative approach with customers. Yes, you should do that. Um, chapter seven is about journey mapping, segmentation, and the customer journey. So this is the customer's emotional connection to your solution and process. And chapter eight focuses on customer moments of truth. These are key touch points in the customer journey, including things like the kickoff, executive business reviews, and renewals. So what do I agree with about this section of the book? Um, the first thing that stood out to me is the quote, all status and check-in calls should be banned. Absolutely. I hear this all the time and it is such a waste of time to call and check in with a client when you could be providing actual value instead. Always call and offer something of value to your customers. Um, another thing I loved is how to respond when you don't know the answer. There's a great part of chapter five that talks about that. Um, it's how, how to do that instead of lying or deferring to another team in the company and kind of passing the buck. One tactic I love is pausing and waiting to hear what the customer has to say. We need to think about our answers before we just blurt things out and we need to give customers that same courtesy. I loved 95% of chapter six. I think that the emphasis on doing your homework ahead of calls is great. And I think there's a wonderful checklist on pages 85 through 87 that guides you through that process. I also really liked the emphasis on good questions and thinking about which questions you ask and when you ask them. Finally, I like the idea that is presented toward the end of that chapter on the role of a CSM being to challenge and persuade customers. Amazing CS professionals really know how to do that, and I'm glad that the chapter touched on those important skills. In the section in Chapter 7 on journey mapping, I like that they called out that this should incorporate all of the key milestones and touch points of a CSM team, um, along with addressing potential problems. Um, I also like that they called out that sometimes CSMs are assigned to more customers than they can handle and have a tough time achieving all of the milestones that are mapped out on a customer journey. We run into that reality all the time with our clients, and I think it's important to take that into account 
um, as you're balancing out your staffing levels against your customer journey. Another thing I really liked is the planning aspect of chapter eight. I think it's spot on. You can't leave those key customer touch points to chance. They need to be planned and optimized. I also really like the emphasis on making those relevant for your customer base. I wrote a big yes next to the point the authors made on chapter 112 that talks about how B2C companies have been focusing on this for a long time. They have. And the reality is that the consumers who buy products like iPhones and home improvement products are the same consumers who go to work and buy B2B solutions for their companies. We have all been conditioned to expect a B2C experience in all of our interactions with vendors, so B2B companies need to rise to that challenge. What do I disagree with with this section? So this is, again, chapters five through eight. Um, Unfortunately, again, there's a bit of a Gainsight sales pitch at the beginning of chapter six. Of course, a 360 degree view of the customer is great, but mentioning it in chapter six, um, which was geared toward frontline CSMs, when they aren't the ones who are gonna be making a decision on the tools that they use seemed a little self-serving. I also think that the questions that were presented as discovery questions in that chapter are high level at best. CSMs need to be able to dig into the why questions. Why does a customer want that feature? Why are they after that outcome? The why questions are the real outcome-driven um, questions that matter to a CSM, and I don't think this chapter dove deep enough into how to ask those deeper questions. I was disappointed in chapter seven. First, journey mapping, segmentation, and customer lifecycle are all very important pieces of customer success but they are all things that the CS executive should be considering rather than a CS professional. So I felt like the audience for that chapter was a little bit off. Second, segmentation happens before anything else when you're planning your CS organization. So having that important section kind of buried deep in the middle of the chapter sort of bothered me. In addition, while this book offered lots of ideas and options for segmentation, it didn't really provide a framework. So Great segmentation examples, but not a lot of direction. Um, in terms of chapter eight, the main thing I disagreed with was the agenda of the business review meeting. So this would be an executive business review. You might call it a quarterly business review. I agree it should always begin with introductions because that is just polite. But in my opinion, it should immediately move into the goals that you've set with your customer for their business and the results to date. Customers don't care about your business in, except in how it relates to their business. So giving an overview of your business and updates at the beginning of the meeting puts the focus on you instead of on your customer. In order to fully engage an executive, and there should be a decision maker in that audience, or why do an executive business review at all, the focus needs to be on them. Updates about what your company is doing should be saved until later in the presentation and only included if they relate to the customer's objectives in a very clear way. So is this whole chunk, chapters five through eight, worth reading? Chapter five is absolutely worth the time. Both new and seasoned CSMs are gonna find great content in that chapter, whether it's something fresh or a great reminder. If you're a CS leader who wants to know more about how to think at a high level about how to create a customer 360, or if you're a new CSM who needs some tips on doing your homework before calls, chapter six is really good for you. If you're a new CSM, skip chapter seven. You need to understand that the framework um, 
your executives are working with, but don't focus on the details, focus on the outline for the chapter at most. If you're a seasoned CSM, you can skip that chapter altogether. You know all of that, and if you're working in a Solace CSM program, all of this is already mapped out for you. However, if you're a CS leader, do read chapter seven. It will provide you with examples and alternatives for segmentation, journey mapping, and the customer lifecycle that might provide some ideas for your own program. There is a lot of great content in chapter eight for everyone, new and experienced CSMs and CS leaders. There is a chart at the end of the chapter that would be useful even for CS operations professionals. So chapter eight is worth everyone's time. Next week, I'll review chapters 9 through 12 of the Customer Success Professionals Handbook. If you'd like to read along, you can find this book on Amazon. Since this is a brand new podcast, if you like it, please take a couple of minutes to rate it and subscribe. You can also email feedback and ideas to Kristen, that's K-R-I-S-T-E-N, at thesuccessleague.io. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join Reading for Success next time.